Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names, All Game. If I have the will to edit this properly, there will be some sad music playing behind this speech. Your Penn State Nittany Lions are 0-3 for the first time since 2001. We are not elite. We are not great. And quite honestly, right now, we're, we're not good. Um, it is officially sad boy season. This is not fun to record a podcast when we're losing, but we love this team, so we're going to talk through it. We're going to will some positivity, and we're going to will some wins our way. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host, Pat Calicchio. Pat, like I said, it's not fun. How are you feeling, man? How's life? Um, I mean, first of all, may I recommend, if you do put sad music, the um, that, that sad, like, walking away song that they play at the end of the Incredible <laughs> Hulk uh, yeah. old TV show. I like that. Yeah, that'll be um, the one. Bright sides for this episode. I am wearing pants this time. That's a win. Um, but other than that, not much else is looking up. Yeah, it's uh, it sucks, man. I uh, I tweeted out after the game like, this sucks. We look bad, and that's okay because life's good. I was just tra- trying to be positive, and like, <laughs> got so many people being like, it's not okay. You being by one so many of them. people, you mean me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I get that, right? This, obviously, we're gonna talk through our frustrations. We're gonna vent. We're gonna get it all out. Um, I think like state of the union, state of like the program as the world collapsing. For me, like kind of a little bit, things are really, really bad right now. Um, but I don't know. I, I like, I've, I've had a couple days to think about it, had a couple days to process. And like, I, I find myself like wanting to be angrier than I am. I don't know if it's just like, you know, everything that's going on in the world right now, the state of my life or where I'm at, but I'm like, I don't know. I just don't care as much. Like, yes, it sucks. Yes, I'm angry, but it's college football. Like, I, I don't know, like, yeah, people are screaming for heads to roll and this and that. And like, I don't know, it makes you, it makes you definitely appreciate the uh, 11 and one seasons with a, with a New Year's Six Bowl or 11 and two, whatever they were. You know, people, people were calling for Franklin to be fired in those years. Um, like this, this happens. This is college football. There are ups and downs. Uh, at the end of the day, these are kids playing the game. Um, so I try not to try not to think too much into that. But yeah, um, it's not fun. So like for you, where, where are you at state of, the program, your fandom, are you screaming for people to be fired? What's, what's your kind of general um, feeling? I, I'm not calling for Franklin to be fired uh, off of one bad season. So, I mean, again, like the, the coach that he gets held up to is obviously Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno went through phases where the team would have losing records. Like, mm-hmm. the, he had those years. So, let's, like, Franklin has still, like, ushered in one of the best errors of Penn State football and coming from where we were, that's like that's not to be ignored. Um, I mean, I would say for the past like two decades, outside of like you know a couple years here and there, Penn State was a maybe top twenty-five team for most of that time. I mean, I remember when I got to Penn State in twenty ten, mm-hmm. we we were I don't think we were even ranked that season. We finished multiple seasons unranked, and so like you know. I'm not going to call for his head, especially in this like weird of 2020 season. But like, I have to admit, I am really worried between the way this team's playing right now and the way we have not recruited well for the next recruiting class. We have zero of Pennsylvania's top 10 players in the 2021 recruiting class. And that is supposed to be like his James Franklin's biggest strength as a coach is recruiting. And I just, like, I'm worried about it. Also the, the big 10 seems to have figured out, like if you just throw quick passes against Brent, prize defense you're just gonna kill us like yeah. I, I i'm i'm no x's and o's expert but like yeah. that's that seems like a very simple formula to beat brent pry 
is just quick passes because the defensive line can't sack you and our coverage isn't that great. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I, I think I'll, my, my point of view is changes do need to be made, right? Changes need to be made. Is that firing Franklin? No, I don't think so. Um, but is that Franklin changing some of his ways? Maybe, you know, kind of changing his, his loyalty stature, changing the way he, he manages in-game, you know, decisions? Sure, absolutely. Um, does that mean, you know, Brent Fry's on the hot seat for this defense to continue to get worked like that? Maybe. Um, Shiraka's brand new. Like, yeah, it sucks to see the offense struggling, but he's not going anywhere. I don't see any position coaches really going anywhere. Um, nothing in season by any means. So, um, yeah, it sucks. Things need to change. Um, but let's start with that. We have a bunch of Twitter questions and rants and vents and all of that. So thanks for everyone who wrote in. Um, we'll do our line and our lamb in a minute. <laughs> Again, not many bright spots from this game. A whole lot of negative ones. But let's start with some of the questions that uh, kind of revolve around energy and culture and kind of what's going on with the team right now. Um, I'm going to go through and I'm going to read just a bunch of them and then we'll talk through it because there are a couple. Um, at B4PSU says, will we be better off in the long run to move on from Franklin? I think we kind of answered that one, but we'll dive into it a little bit more. Um, at the Stereo God says, what's going on in the locker room? Why is there no oomph, no drive to win, no passion? Why is Coach James Franklin standing there with his thumb up his ass with no emotion at all? Interesting. Um, our good friend CJ Scalzetti uh, wrote us a whole bunch of them. CJ, I love you. I'm not going to read all of them. Um, but one of them here says, I do not think it is wrong to say Franklin's head is not in it this season. Maybe everything with COVID. I think his family not being with him factors into it, which is all fair. However, the team feeds off of him as well. And the team is showing no energy. Uh, and then the last one, I think this is actually my favorite question in this, in this category. Jeffrey Walliser Jr. says, um, Jahan Dotson said in one of his, uh, his post-game interviews, uh, we're not as one right now. We're not a unit right now. There are distractions that we shouldn't be focused on right now. We've got to be more focused on getting in the win column, nothing else. So Jeffrey asks, what do you think he meant by distractions? So take any piece of that that you want to focus on and answer first, but what do you take away from this whole kind of lack of energy, lack of drive going on? I mean, to be honest with you, like through the first two games, I didn't see any like lack of energy or drive. Um, I, I think and I, I, don't, I don't see this as, like, a team that's given up. I don't – none of the guys that, like, I can think of on that team are guys who are, who are folding at any point. I think they're just not executing, you know? Like, I, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I, they're just not playing well. Like, we, we played Ohio State, who I think might be the best team in the country. At worst, they're the third best team in the country. And we got punched in the nuts on the first two drives – but at various points in that game, it was a one-score game. Like, you can't tell me that's a team that's given up. I, like, I, I just don't believe that personally. They're just – they're not – when John says we're not as one, they're not executing as one is how I, how I read that, especially on defense. You got, I think you have guys just missing assignments. Um, like, I think it was Jesse Lucchetta who said, like, we're not playing within the framework of the defense. And yeah. you, you're absolutely seeing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree with some of that. I do think there is there is like a loss of spark. Like you, you see Franklin on the sidelines. He looks a little distracted. He looks – I mean, there's a lot of times where he just kind of standing there with his arms crossed and like kind of like shaking his head, which you don't – you haven't seen in the past. You've seen him like get angry or get fired up when mistakes happen or, or get really up when good things are happening. And sure, there's less good things right now to get excited for, so, so that's part of it, right? You're not going to be rah-rah clapping in your face when things are wrong. Um, 
but yeah, maybe you want to see a little bit more passion from him. And, and he, he said, shout out to, uh, to CJ, who said, you know, maybe his family is playing a part of it. CJ wrote that before this Franklin quote. And Franklin did say, you know, he's not doing, not doing the best job handling that. His family, um, if you, I'm sure everyone knows, but one of his daughters has um, an immunodeficiency. So they're down in Florida away from, away from, you know, him throughout all of this. That sucks. That, that sucks. I can sympathize with that. I can empathize with that. Um, you know, there's a lot of things being thrown around of, well, you make $5 million a year. You shouldn't, that shouldn't be a matter. Or, well, if you, if that matters, you should be fired. Like, shut up people, like be a human for a second. Um, now that being said, yeah, you got to find a way to compartmentalize and, and focus when, when you're out there. Right. Um, so I think there's some of that uh, to Jahan, you know, there's distractions. That one was kind of interesting because I, I don't really know what he means. Like, I don't see that as, you know, anything about like the, the opt-outs or, or any of the issues on the field. Like maybe it's just the general like COVID and things are weird and their families aren't allowed to see them around the game. And you know, the, the structure of day to day kind of life that they've come to know over the last couple of years as Penn state football players is very, very different. Now that's that how I took said, that. And that being said, every single college team in the country is f- dealing with that same thing. I think what he's saying is like, Hey, we can't let that define us. We got to kind of get back to what we're, good at and what we do and and fix those things so to the first question are we better off moving on from franklin in the long term right now my answer is no but i think to your point about the recruiting classes um 2021 is a bad bad class uh to add insult injury on saturday our our last remaining top prospect Derek davis um no is that his name yeah Derek davis jr the safety is that right I, they all get so. in my head um he committed to lsu he was a he was a, a pennsylvania kid um should have been should have been a lock for Penn State. And he had like three crystal balls for Penn State. Yeah, too. they they were really old though. That that's one thing with with crystal balls. You got to be careful. They were all very old. He kind of kept his recruitment under under lock. Um, but yeah, twenty twenty one very bad class. Twenty twenty two is off to an excellent class. Um, and I think the biggest thing to to recruiting and to transferring that recruiting to on field success, which again we've talked about, kind of builds that wheel. Is you gotta you have to land a top quarterback. Uh, you have to get the guy who can turn your program around. Listen, Trace, we loved him. He was a three-star that turned out to be a whole lot better than three-stars play. You need you need that guy that can come in and, and change the program. Um, Fields could have been that, right? Um, you know, we're not we're not in competition for guys like Trevor Lawrence. We're not in competition for that. Um, so it's it's for me like the recruiting is is much better than it has been. Franklin, I think as a whole has done really well. 2021 is momentum declining on the field play right now scares me for the 2022 class. Exactly. So he needs to turn this around real quick so that he can bring that back up and execute on. Okay. Now I have these talented kids. Sure. We had some hiccups. Let's move forward. Yeah. And honestly it is like, it's so frustrating sometimes when you see like, you know, Trevor Lawrence is out and Clemson's backup is better than probably any quarterback who's ever played at Penn state. Yeah. I mean, DJ, I'm I'm not going to butcher his last name. Yeah. That kid would start at, I don't know, 98% of programs in the country right now. Everywhere, but Clemson, Alabama, Ohio Ohio State, State, and maybe Notre Dame. Yeah. Well, he would start over Ian Book. But anyway, 
Um, here nor there, I think there's a lot to be said for what Franklin has done for this program. Uh, do I think he, do I think he's on the hot seat? No. Is it starting? Is there some warmth starting to get there? Is some some outside warmth building up that's getting closer to the seat? Maybe a little bit, but like you just gave him a big extension. He's not going anywhere, but he needs to make some serious kind of changes internally. Look in the mirror and say, okay, we need to turn this around. And he did. He said, we need to fix this now and we need to fix this fast. Because um, things can snowball from here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If we continue to lose, if, if we lose, hell, anyway. Because we will lose commits. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. the 2021 class, I think, is pretty locked in. Again, it's not a great class, but, like, uh, Landon Tengwall, our top offensive lineman commit, tweeted after the loss, we are. Uh, Christian Vayu, the quarterback, uh, the Canadian kid, he's a, he's a four-star. He's seemingly pretty good, committed, or tweeted, we are. So, like, they're showing that they're still committed, which you love. But, again, for the future, for 2022 and beyond, where you've started kind of building up some momentum again, you can't keep losing on the field, especially games where you are a 27 point favorite. So let's get into this game. Um, let's start with a quick line lamb. I, I hate doing these in, in blowout losses and ugly games, but let's start with it. Who is your lion, your most valuable player for this game? Gotta go with Parker Washington. I mean, he did have a really good game, two touchdowns, a lot of yards. Um, I mean, shockingly our receiving core is the best part of the team so far. It was, it, it blows my mind. Like, and I, honestly, by a wide margin, mm-hmm. by a wide margin, it's the best part of our team so far. Um, yeah. I think there is like still some work to be. We'll get into that later with problems with the receiving core, but like yeah. they're performing the best of anyone. Completely agree. Um, I love Parker Washington. I- I'm so happy that he is already living up to the hype. Um, he's playing right away as a true freshman, which again, we haven't seen all that much of historically at, at the wide receiver position. Um, I think KJ played. Uh, but but like it's not something that we've been really good at at landing top wide receivers having them come in play right away um, both of his touchdown catches were really nice too they were jump balls he's like what 510 511 something like that um, he's not just playing he's getting utilized that's really what we've been yeah what's been hurting us he's yeah. getting looks yeah and, and maybe he's not 510 or 11 maybe he's six foot but he's a, a not a not a six four Jawan Johnson type that should get you those jump balls he, he's making things happen and he's out working which I love to see so shout out Parker Washington, you are a lion this week. Um, I'm going to go same position groups, John Dotson. Um, this guy is, is showing us that he's that dude. Same thing. Uh, he currently leads the Big Ten in yards with 361 and touchdowns with five. Um, had a couple another, uh, couple really nice grabs again this game. Um, it's funny when you, we come into the season saying, can he step up? Can he be the guy? Now I'm looking at this like, damn, are we going to lose him to the NFL? Yeah, that's one I was year? about to ask the same like, thing. It's like, fuck. Now the question just, is whether he stays or not. We're just putting together a receiving core, and he's working his way up the draft board. So, I mean, I think it's a little early to tell. If, if he can sustain this, then sure, there's a good chance. Like, he's going to get some get some good uh, feedback from the advisory board. Um but yeah, I, I love Jahan Dotson. I'm so happy he's becoming that guy. And and hearing some of his post-game comments, like that kind of made me respect him even more. It's like Franklin has said he is a quiet guy. I think one of Franklin's quotes recently was, you know, he's only said like three words since he's been here and he's kind of stepping up and, and becoming a leader like we needed him to. So there's only so much I can say without repeating myself. Jahan Dotson, you are a lion, man. You're you're a legend. Um, do you have a lamb? I'm going to, I'm going to abstain from this again. There's just way too many. Do you have any specific ones? Yeah, I mean, we jump into everything. And it's, it's like a hundred people, but I, I guess mostly Sean Clifford. It's yeah, just, so let's, and I don't, I don't even have to elaborate in this segment. Bad. It's bad. It's really bad. Uh, I officially retired the hashtag stiff for cliff this weekend. Um, 
it was a tough moment for me, man. It was, it was a tough moment because I, I do love Clifford as a person, as a competitor. Like you hear him take ownership. Like it's very much like, it's very much Hackenberg vibes right now where this kid has potential, you know, he can be talented, but he is just getting beaten time and time again. He's getting sacked over and over again. He's losing his confidence and like ultimately just has the yips. Like he just can't put it together. So Let's start with the, the, the ultimate question that everyone's talking about is why was Clifford allowed to complete that game? Why was he not pulled out in the third or fourth quarter even? Uh, what's your take on that? Um, honestly, I don't mind James Franklin's approach to this, which is like a bit of a baptism by fire. And it's like, listen, we're going to keep you in. First of all, it, you know, benching a, a quarterback can like kind of shatter their confidence. Um, you know, it, it's like a keep you in there until you get it, like the more reps you get the better you're going to get and like more comfortable you're going to get in there. And honestly, like I just, out of our backups, I don't see anything that was going to get us back into that game. Yeah. So I, the, the part I disagree with is like, you know, Frank and Franklin said, you know, you want to get with your starting quarterback, you want to keep them in there and give them every shot you can to, to figure it out and rally the guys. I get that. Sure. Uh, he said he's earned it. Yeah, I get that. He's a captain. He's a leader on this team. Sure. I, I don't see the value. Like you're getting rocked by a team that you should demolish. So one, one of two things happens. You leave him in, he gets some things together, gets it close, maybe even pulls out a win, but I, but probably not at that point. Um, or two, he continues to get sacked. He continues to overthrow receivers, miss wide open throws. And, and just, you, you know, it, it's not a confidence thing, you know, leaving him in to, to not hurt his confidence that doesn't make any sense to me. If you leave him in, you're just making it worse. Um, so for me, like, I, I didn't think like some people were saying, like uh, anyone asking for Clifford to be benched, hasn't seen a Will Levis run offense. I don't think Levis is the guy either. Shout out Levis. You're, you're very fun to watch in some of those lion packages. I, I don't think he's the guy. You got Jaquan Robertson sitting there. We haven't seen him. You're down what? 35 to seven to Maryland in the third quarter, fourth quarter, put the kid in and see what he has. Like, I don't know. That that blew my mind. Um, and we're not going to see a change this week. Like, you know, Clifford's going to go out there and start against Nebraska. Like, there's no reason to change that now. Like, in-game, when you're down, that's the opportunity. So, I got to be know. honest with you. I think this is like, if he can't get it together this game, I think you bench him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, Nebraska is not a good team. Um, if, if he – it's not even if we win this game. If, if he doesn't significantly look better in taking strides – and, again, like, I feel bad because, like, this is a college kid who's just trying to do everything he can and try to win. Like, obviously, he's he's not a fucking NFL athlete that's getting paid millions of dollars and just have given and up. And I really so, like him, too. I like Cliff a lot, um, but it's just not working. So let's look at some of the stats. Um, if you know this answer, pretend you don't. In the Big Ten, uh, there are 14 quarterbacks who have, like, qualifying stats, not just the guys who come in and throw two or three passes. Uh, 14 quarterbacks. Where do you think he ranks amongst those 14 in completion percentage? If he's not last, he's got to be second to last. It's 12th, 12th out of 14. So he is at 56.6% completion on the season. The only two guys behind him, uh, Spencer Petras at Iowa, who's at 54, and Corin Taylor at Illinois at 50. Um, that's not good, man. What, what was your, when we came into the season, what do you want to see him at? Uh, around 60. No, no, what did I, I think I said. I think it was like 60 or 65 even. Yeah, might have been. Um, so 56 is just not good. And again, when you're looking at, you look at some of these other teams, of course, Fields is going to be really good. Um, the true freshman from Wisconsin just came out and lit it up. Sure, that happens. Um, but when you have teams that are 
maybe not as talented, not as deep, but are finding ways to win. It's because their quarterbacks are giving them chances. Like we, you know, we lost to Indiana. We're like, all right, this is a fluke. They suck. They're playing really well. And Michael Penix Jr., 59%, which still not earth shattering, but much better than 56. And he's got seven touchdowns to one interception. He's giving them a chance to win. Uh, Talia Tungavailoa, guide this week. He's completing 67% of his passes at Maryland. He's completing 67%, um, six touchdowns to four interceptions. But, like, he's, he's giving them a chance. So, like, I, I, I don't want to put all the blame on Clifford because I feel like there's so many things that are not working. But as a quarterback, that's, at the end of the day, it comes down on your shoulders. Yeah, I mean, the, the knock on him coming into the season was the completion percentage. But, like, what you liked about him was that he didn't throw a lot of interceptions and he, he made some big throws. Yeah. Well, now it's the completion percentage still isn't there, and he's not making the big throws, and he's throwing interceptions. Like he, it's, it's everything that was bad is still bad, and what was good has gotten worse. It's it's the ultimate regression when you wanted progression. Like I don't want to beat up on Cliff forever, but last year, all of last season, he had seven interceptions through three games. This year, he has five. It's not great. Uh, through all of last year, uh, he was sacked 24 times. This year, he has been sacked 13 times. Um, we'll get to the offensive line in a minute, but like you mentioned, I, I think that's a great way to say it. Put that on a t-shirt if, if we were just, you know, masochists and enjoyed pain. All the things that are supposed to be good are not. All the things that are bad are worse. Um, it, just, it sucks because I, I don't know if there's going to be a change made. Um, and that's the other one, one last thing, and then we'll move on because I know we're kind of beating the, the quarterback thing. The, the challenge, too, in, in college as opposed to like the NFL. So in the NFL, if your quarterback's not working, you move on because money's tied to that. You got to build your team around. And honestly, those guys can get chances elsewhere, right? Like, I mean, hell, even Jameis Winston got in in the, in the game for the Saints this week. Like you move on from a quarterback and sure, they can go be a backup somewhere else. They can make money somewhere else. Like I think part of Franklin's loyalty that we talk about is not just like sticking to his guys, but like he wants to see these guys succeed. Like if, if you move on from Clifford right now and you bring in Roberson, what does that do for Clifford's career? Either one, he looks to transfer, or two, he stays as a backup and maybe doesn't make it to the league. I, I get that that's a lot of weight and responsibility on Franklin, but at the same time, the responsibility is also to put the best team on the field and give yourself a chance to win. Yeah, I mean, you affect other guys' futures if they're playing on a bad team. Exactly, exactly. And, and to, to the point before about wide receivers, so, yeah, let's move on from Clifford. Cliff, I love you. I, I hope we see Roberson at some point soon. Um, just because you got to see what you have, right? Um, I hope we don't. Other... I hope he gets good enough we don't have to. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I don't hope we see Roberson. I hope that if the struggles continue, we make that switch sooner than later, if needed. Uh, very good clarification there. Um, last last thing on quarterbacks, because I forgot this, um, before PSU and a couple other people also said um, transfer portal. What's your thoughts on transfer portal, trying to find a quarterback there? Um. The thing with the, the transfer portal quarterback is the only great quarterbacks going in the transfer portal for the most part are at a place like Alabama, Oklahoma, you know, like, like a Clemson maybe where you get a great guy who's just been supplanted by an even better recruit. And th they're only going to other elite programs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Jalen Hurts went to Oklahoma. Um, I, even though this kid didn't end up being great, um, what Tate Martell went mm -hmm. to Ohio yep. State, Justin Fields went to Ohio State. You don't often see a really great quarterback 
go to a place where they don't have a chance to win to, to make the college football playoff. Yeah. Yeah. And the only, the only scenario where I think it does work is if it's, you know, guys that are playing at a, a bit of a lower level, right? So the, the kid at coastal Carolina is tearing it up right now. Uh, there's a kid at Cincinnati playing really, really well. So my problem with that is it's not sustainable, right? Sure. If you get a guy in as a grad transfer, that's one year, maybe gives you some time to develop a young guy or to reignite things. I get it, but I would, I would much rather see like, win on the field, recruit these top guys, get a, get a real quarterback in that you can feel good about. Um, and who knows? Maybe, you know what? Maybe one year of a transfer does that for you. I don't know. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in love with. The, I don't see it as like a super realistic expectation. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, last question on quarterbacks. I keep saying this, but, but we do have one more. Sorry. Uh, Michael, Mike, Mike James, uh, AKA Michael Robinson from the chat the other day uh, <laughs> says, for lack of alternatives, Cliff appears to be the QB from here on. How can Chiraka scheme around his liabilities, decision-making, accuracy, et cetera? Will we finally see some designed rollouts, bootlegs, mixed misdirections, quick hitters? Um, I think this just goes into, into general play calling and, and offensive identity as a whole. That was my thing going into this game is like find out who we are. I still have no idea. Um, Cliff had, I think, 17 carries, which is – including the seven sacks in this game, seven, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven sacks against Maryland. Um, so even so, that leaves him with 10 carries, and our top running backs had nine apiece. Um, so, like, I, I don't know what you can do to, to scheme to his liabilities or his strengths, because I think at this point he's so stuck in some of these issues of not trusting the offensive line, uh, bailing out of the pocket, not looking past his first read. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think Shiraka has to either, like, that's the, like, the come to Jesus moment of, hey, stop doing this kind of thing and, and try to give him a chance. Um, or, like I said, maybe try something else. What are your, what are your thoughts on that one? I'd, I'll be honest. I'm sure there's, like, there's some things you could do with like rollouts and things like that because I do like the way Clifford throws in the run. But there's only so much you can scheme around the running game's not working, the blocking's not great, and your quarterback's inaccurate. Yeah. There's not a lot you can do. Um, there are some – honestly, the biggest problem with this team is that everything's a problem. It's not yeah. like if you fix one thing. Like, we have – our running game has been bad. So teams don't really have to respect the run. So they can play the pass. Makes it a lot harder to pass now. Yeah, and yes. Our, our receivers aren't getting a lot of separation. Not getting open that often. Like, even on, like – you're, you're seeing the, our big catches are plays where receivers are making insane plays while they're covered. Right, right, yeah. And, and then, Jahan and then when, they, much when they do get open, Clifford misses them. Yeah. Yeah, so let's, so let's move into that. Let's move into the run game because that's a lot, a lot, what a lot of people are asking. It's just too. a lot of problems. Completely agree. Um, wide receivers, I, again, I, I don't even know if it's not, them not getting open as much because I think what I'm starting to see too is like – that it, if we're talking about confidence and playing as a whole and being as one, that's another thing where like wide receivers are like, Hey, if I'm not the first read and if Cliff doesn't see me, like what's the fucking point? Um, I don't think they're actually thinking that, but like if I was, I'd think that. Um, but if we go to the run game, the run game is kind of non-existent. Um, you know, we talked about how let's see if Devin Ford can be that guy. You know, maybe one of the young guys does, does step up. We look at the stats in this game, Devin Ford, nine for 36, Kaziah Holmes, 9 for 29. Sean Clifford, 17 for 26, which, again, includes the sacks, but that 
uh, equates to a whopping like 1.2 yards carry or something. Uh, and then Kevon Lee, one for three. Um, so let's let's go to some Twitter questions on the run game. Uh, Sweens, shout out Sweens, good friend, says, uh, I obviously have a ton of major issues, but I cannot for the life of me figure out why they won't commit to finding a dynamic run game. Uh, these young RBs aren't studs, but they can run. Why such a stale run game approach when the game is in reach? Um, I agree with all of that. Uh, CJ replied, uh, heard some people saying that opposing defenses have stacked the box, forcing Clifford to throw the ball. Our running backs are seeing seven-man fronts at least. Sure, get it. Uh, and then Sweeten says, uh, if that really is the case, shame on them for allowing a team like Maryland to pigeonhole this offense. Running backs had zero receptions in the game, which is a joke, not even a screen or a wheel route. Blows my mind they can't find a way to get them involved and help Cliff. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the screen pass also really hasn't worked for us this year. No, God, no. God, no. Not looked good. <laughs> um, so, again, it's like, it goes back to the fact, like, the, the biggest problem with this team is that everything's a problem. The yeah. screen, screen passes haven't looked good. Um, I, I've, I don't think our offense, offensive line is doing a good job of run blocking. Scarily enough, I think they're actually doing a better job of pass blocking than run blocking. Um, <laughs> that's, I, don't, I don't know if that's a, that's a better, that's maybe a less bad job. Yeah. Uh, but you're seeing like no second level blocking out of our out of our offensive line. Uh, you also, it's I don't think we have like a really a true number one running. We have a bunch of guys who would be very good secondary running backs. It seems like they're just not there yet as premier guys. Um, they're they're not yeah. the guys who who make that extra move, break that extra tackle to make the big play. Um, and Maybe they're, they're not I... getting any help either. Yeah, and, and I think that's the biggest part is I, I don't know if we can say that they're not those guys because, like, I don't know if the opportunity is there. Um, on our first scoring drive, Ford and Holmes both had 10, 12-yard runs, went for first downs. That looked really, really good. Um, then we hit Fryermuth, who also had a nice game, shot out Fryermuth, uh, then Dotson for the touchdown. Like, it exists, especially against a team. And, again, like, obviously you have to give credit for Maryland because they beat us and beat us badly, but, like, on paper, we are a more talented team significantly. We should be able to run on them. We should be able to O-line versus D-line, get some pressure and penetration and push. Like, you saw that your guys can break off these 10, 12-yard runs, and then for the rest of the game, it's how many times did Clifford throw the ball in this game? Like, 57? 57? Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know. It, it seems like we're not, like, like, like Sween said, not committed to, to trying to run this, this you know, um, you know, dominant run game because it's either we get into situations where we force ourselves to have to throw or when there are runs, Cliff is, is pulling it or, you know, we're, we're, I don't know. We're just not, we're not like, we're not giving the run game the opportunity, I think. Um, and that's my dumb, uneducated opinion. Like there's probably some reason for it. I think in general, Shiraka just doesn't, doesn't have a feel for what he's got yet. Like you mentioned, the swing passes, we did them I, for I a while. He also doesn't really get his offense yet. Yeah, because well, it, 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 I don't know. I don't know what we're trying to be. Are we trying to be a team that that you know is is quick hitter and and move the move the ball down the field in in those slants like he did at Minnesota? Are we a read option team? Are we are an are we an RPO team? Or right now it seems like we're a let Cliff drop back and eventually get sacked. That's what it is to me. It's like we're we're gonna put Cliff out there and hope for the best, and it's not working. Yeah, and I there's a lot of problems with our offensive. <laughs> Such a bummer because I was very excited about this whole line, but yeah. like I, to be honest, like I think like Will Fries does not look good so far this season. Um, unfortunately, I think Caden Wallace looks even worse. 
So it's like, yeah. where do you even go? Yeah, I don't know if Wallace has had enough time to to know if he's worse yet. Um, but I agree, the offensive line is just bad. Like everyone wants to, everyone wants to say, um, and, and part of it is like, a lot of it is Cliff, you know, bailing in the pocket and and kind of, uh, you know, allowing himself to be sacked. That's not a great way to say it, but kind of. Um, but still, the offensive line is. I said I said it against uh, maybe it was Indiana. I said like, even if we're not looking bad, we're never looking dominant ever. Like it, there's never a time where I'm seeing guys just pancake the hell out of a defender or get some real push and open up a hole it always looks like we're kind of just just putting the hands up and hoping something happens which again I know these guys are not like just not caring but it's not translating so what do you do on the O-line I have no idea they did they did pull a couple of the where uh, I think it was Thorpe who came out they moved Fries down to guard and put Caden Wallace in so maybe you experiment with that more uh, we had a question a couple weeks ago someone said uh, do, do you want more rotation on the offensive line at the time I said no I want like our five guys to be our five guys and I want them to be great greatness hasn't happened yet so uh yeah I think it's I think it's time to uh to start start making some changes there yeah like I you know he hasn't seen a lot of time but to be honest with you I've been somewhat disappointed with what I have seen out of Caden Wallace uh unfortunately I think he's going to be very good Mm -hmm. I just, just it hasn't been this season so far um I I I yeah, don't know, man. And that's the thing. Like, we're, we're not offensive there, line. There also were, like, there were two to three coverage sacks in that game against Maryland where Clifford should have eventually thrown the ball away. But, like, like I said, there were two to th- – might have been three sacks in that game where like, I'm not blaming the offensive line for that at all. Yeah, and uh, CJ actually had one of his tweets said, uh, for the love of God, why the hell can't we have a functioning offensive line? Some of those sacks were definitely on Clifford where they held up their blocks for at least five seconds, and Clifford was, again, clueless about when to get rid of the ball agreeing with Pat there, um, but with the new coach and experienced line full of highly recruited players, how the hell did they struggle that much to get holes open for running back? Is it really just a scheme? And, and that's the part that, like, that's where Franklin needs to figure this fuck out. Like, hey, I have guys who, one, first and foremost, were highly recruited guys. Michael Mennett was a five-star, if not a very high four-star. Um, Will Fries was, was I believe, a four-star. Uh, you got Thorpe and Miranda, who were fairly rated guys. Like, you have – perceived talent and I know that doesn't always work out right five stars don't always become excellent but more importantly you have guys that have been on, on this team and have been starters for two three years plus like Mennett and Fry should both be significantly above average should be right guys like Miranda and Thorpe should be coming to the point where they are above average and consistent as hell Rashid Walker in his second year of starting duty should be showing those signs of like, Hey, maybe we, we have an elite left tackle. And again, I think I, our best offensive line. Right I do. Now. I agree. I agree. And like, I don't, I'm not an offensive line expert. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know like who's doing what right and who's doing what wrong. But like as a unit, we don't look dominant ever. And that worries me. Moving on. Um, last thing I have for offense, and then we can go to anything that you might have uh, going forward on fourth down. Um, we've now gone forward on fourth down in our first series in the first three games. Uh, Audrey Snyder had from the athletic had a, uh, a part about this in her article, um, game one, Indiana opening drive. Uh, we go for it on fourth and goal score off from their two yard line. Sweet. Ohio state, uh, went for it on fourth and two at our own 45 did not convert. We talked about that one seemed kind of dumb. Um, this game, 13 play 67 yard drive we go for it on fourth and three at the maryland seven 
and we throw a back end zone fade to Parker Washington. I hate that. What, <laughs> what the fuck are we thinking there? Like two things. One, you either just want to be aggressive and, and set the tone. Okay. I get it. Right. It's fourth and three. Maybe, maybe go for a higher percentage option there. Um, but two, do you not trust your kicker there? Do you not want to, you know, give yourself some points and start the game off when you, when you've done this the last two weeks and it didn't work last week against Ohio state and you are Oh, and two to start the season. Um, so I think the whole philosophy in general is, is a little bit questionable of when we go for it versus when we don't, when we kick versus when we don't, why Jake Pinnegar comes in for a fucking 49-yard field goal and misses it by a mile. Like, I just – I don't understand the strategy. Um, the, fourth, the fourth down thing is – I'll get over it. It was a stupid play call and not the, not the worst throw ever, but, again, back corner fade on fourth three from the sevens doesn't make sense. My it was biggest a fine problem, throw, I thought. It was an okay throw. It was out of reach. I think it was Parker Washington. Uh, but I just hate that play call. It like doesn't give you a chance to. to it's really... a low percentage play. Yeah, exactly. I, I exactly. honestly, I think it's one of the worst plays in football. The the mm-hmm. corner end zone fade. I hate it. I hate it. Unless you have like Randy Moss on your team, <laughs> I hate that play. Yeah, yeah. We have Pat Frymuth, who's what six six, I think. Uh, but let Parker Washington Frymuth, go out there. Just, I I don't like that play. Completely it's not agree. Good. Completely agree. And the only um, thing I could see is like maybe they're like, you know what? You know what they'll never think we'll do here is throw a back corner fade on fourth and three. Sure. And like and maybe the, like it got too cute and they thought he would basically just walk into the end zone uncovered. Yeah, maybe. But that's not a time. I maybe I mean maybe that is the only time to do it on the first opening drive because you're sitting there going, Oh, this is Maryland. We'll you know, even if we miss it, we'll stop them and get the ball back. Whatever. Um, this is really just a segue to my weekly rant of I hate having two kickers. I hate having no confidence in the kicking game and it needs to stop. It, it needs to stop. Stout, Jordan Stout needs to be our kicker. Pinnegar, I love you. I'm sure you're okay. Um, you can't put your short range kicker out there at a 49, have him miss wildly because then a couple of things happen. Now your kicker who only missed what one field goal last year has now missed three this year, four this year. Uh, so confidence gone, shaken. Uh, your long range kicker who thrives on these opportunities and wants these opportunities you're telling him uh it's a 49 it's not a 50 sorry pal no let him out there and fucking drill it and then your offense who is struggling to score now has no real confidence because even when we get to a point where we should be able to kick a field goal and get something out of this drive get some points we can't do that yeah i'll be honest i think i i finally come around with it's time to move on from the the two kicker uh you have to yeah, it's, it hasn't worked at all. I, I, I'm with you. I just put Stout out there. I'm, I think we move on from Jake Pinneger. Yeah, and that, that's, like, that's the whole, like, you know, there, at some point there's going to be uncomfortable conversations, and some guys are going to, you know, have their roles taken away or paused or diminished for a while. You know, for, for the time being, sure, let Pinneger kick every single extra point. Keep him involved. Keep him involved. Let him kick the extra points. And maybe every now and then you throw him in for, like, a 20-yard chip shot. But – for, for anything 30-plus should be, should be stout, should be automatic. The guy's a very good kicker. Um, my name is Chris Hankin, and that is my kicking rant. <laughs> uh, anything else in the offense or, or special teams for that matter? Uh, I don't know. Just, All right. I think Let's, go. Let's go through the defense here. We'll try to get it through quickly because we are probably coming up on 40 minutes here. Uh, defense, we, Talia Tungavailoa looked great we made him look even more amazing. Um, 
I'm trying, I'm going to try not to dwell on too much here just because I think everything's bad, but what's your, what's your, uh, you know, 30 second spiel on state of the defense. I mean, again, it seems like everyone's figured out that if you just throw quick passes against Brett Price defense, you're going to tear us up because it, our, our strength is our defensive line. You just get rid of it fast enough that they can't sack you. They don't matter. Um, I do. I don't. I'm not sure we even have safeties on our defense at this point, or we just trot out nine guys every play. I just, I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah, I think yeah. Has been a, um, a lone bright spot in our defensive secondary. Yeah, and and even he. I, I this is one of my notes I wrote down. Joey Porter Jr., who I like, he got beat hard on one where. Uh, I don't he, know if that was him. If I'm being honest with you, well, that, you mean if he, that was his fault. Yeah, that to me, yeah. that looked like either safety didn't cover. He, he may have thought it was a different coverage. It, it, it kind of looked to me like he was playing a cover two, maybe. He thought okay. it was a cover two. Because uh, it's not like he bit on the route, if you watch it. He sat down in a zone. And then I don't oh, know if it. he noticed the linebacker not playing that coverage or if he saw that there was no safety help. Yeah. So he, I, I, don't, I don't know if he got the coverage wrong or if someone else did. Yeah. But to me, that, like he, he didn't get burned on that play. He did the wrong thing. Sure, sure. That's fair. And, and that's, I mean, problematic as well for, for better or worse. But, yeah, that was like a 50-yard bomb that Talia is running out, rolling out, just gorgeous throw to a man wide open. We can't make Maryland look that good. Um, to your point about quick passes and slants, oh, my God. Uh, Rakim Jarrett, five-star, five-star receiver, playing as a freshman, comes into this game and finishes with a stat line of – Five catches, 144 yards, two touchdowns. Their first two touchdowns were to him on the exact same play. Now, maybe it's not the same play. Maybe it's disguised. Maybe no, no, it's it was. Whatever. I, I'm just play, putting it out there saying I don't know everything. Literally, quick slant over the middle. He burst. The first one, I think, was 62. The second one was maybe not as long, but still damn long. And like what 62 and 40-something. And what do you see again is coming across the screen. And I hate, I, again, I hate to beat up on guys individually because I, I, I know I'm not nearly as talented as they are and I never will be. But what do you see is Lamont Wade sprinting at an awful angle. So he gets beat and Brisker jogging in at the very end. Like if, if we're not going to make the play over the middle with linebackers or corner or whoever should be there, we can't let a quick screen or a quick slant rather go off for 60 yards and then 40 yards and just keep, keep, keep beating us it is ugly yeah I mean the, the Lamont Wade and you know and you you touched on it I don't like criticizing these guys not not just because they play for Penn State but like you you become fans of these guys individually like yeah. as people I mm-hmm. like them I I like a lot of things about the way they play like I want them to be successful you know and I want them to be good yeah but like yeah you see, like, some of the pursuit angles by Lamont Wade are horrendous. It's bad. And it's he bad. always seems to be late on everything this season. Yeah, I, that's I what I'm saying. I, I, see, like, I see more often than not him and Brisker trailing in on something. And, again, I don't know if that's steam. I don't know if that's assignment. I don't know if that – I don't think it's hustle because, like, they're playing hard. But, like, const, it seems constantly out of position. Um, I want them to – like you mentioned, we want these people to be good. If, if this was an NFL podcast and we're talking about the goddamn Jets, our favorite team, we'd be sitting there saying, that guy fucking sucks. Trade him, cut him, don't care about it, right? Listen, you're a professional athlete. This is your job. People will say that and kind of can say that. College football is a lot harder to do. Um, that being said, the secondary has given up eight passing touchdowns this season and has one interception, I believe. Um, 
wouldn't shock me if you see some changes in the depth chart this week. I, I don't think it's come out yet. Um, it, actually, I don't know if it would. I don't know. I don't know if Franklin will pull that trigger, but I feel personally, I feel like it's kind of time. Um, and then lastly, where the hell is Keaton Ellis? What's going on? This is now the third game, him and Cam Sullivan Brown, but I'm not really worried as much about Cam because, again, the receivers look good. Um, Keaton Ellis, who played very well last year, just we don't see him. I, I don't know what's happening. He warmed up apparently every game, and I saw people tweeting that he played a little bit on special teams. What could possibly be happening here? Yeah. Um, again, I, I honestly I, I like our cornerbacks more than our safeties right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not seeing a lot of bad coverage from our corners. No, but that's the thing. If, if your safeties are not playing well, come up with some packages where you have three corners in all the time. Have Tariq and Joey Porter Jr. and Marquise Wilson or Keaton Ellis or Daquan Hardy. And you do see some of those guys in, in that, uh, you know, in that nickel package or in that when they put the star in. But, like, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't know, but it worries me that, like, a guy who was so good last year is just not out there. If it's a, yeah. if it's a nagging injury, if it's a nagging injury and he physically can't play through it, I get it. You know, Franklin's not going to tell us about that, um, but it's worrisome that you don't see him more. Uh, and then as far as like depth chart, like I said, I, I don't know if you'll see a physically a switch of, okay, Jair Brown is now over uh, Lamont Wade or, you know, Trent Gordon or Tyler Rudolph is over Brisker. I don't know if you'll see that, but I do hope we see more rotation and play. Like those guys should be playing half of the snaps, if not more. I think. Um, anything else in the defense? Like I said, I don't really want to like beat it to death. We're just bad. We're not yeah. good right now. Um, Nothing to say. We've got like, no sacks. None. No, we, I, well, we had two this game, I think. I think Shane Simmons had one, um, maybe, or one and a half. Like, it, But it sucks. Like like you mentioned before, like we should be seeing more out of Shaka and OA, but if teams are just getting the ball out and – kind of eliminating that that's a problem and I don't think that's all of the time like I think there's time and OA said it too he goes he goes you know I gotta I gotta get home more I, I'm you know I'm getting close but I'm not getting there I gotta be better like they know it um, but it just it doesn't seem like a Maryland offensive line should be able to destroy us like that yeah especially like you know OA this is like this this was like his his season to show that he isn't just like a, a, an athletic guy and yeah. does he have what one sack on the season? Oh, okay. yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. Because then Shaka had two in the Indiana game. Don't remember much about the Ohio State game. Kind of blacked that one out of my memory. Um, Shaka's only got two on the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the defense. Um, there's a couple other. There are some questions. Questions that came through during the game that I didn't uh, track for this, but uh, one person said. Um, Will Pat Fryermuth opt out for the rest of the season? You've seen some players across the country do that, like Paris Ford, uh, safety at Pitt, has opted out for the rest of the season. Um, there's a couple others who, like, played a couple games, and then we're just like, all right, I'm done. Uh, my answer was I don't think so, but what do you think? Well, he's already ca- come out, and he came out today and was, like, extremely angry that anyone asked. Oh, he's really? Like, I didn't even see yeah, that. He's like, he's, he's, like, insulted by the question. So, no, yeah. he's not opting out. Okay, good. That's, that's what I took. Like, I don't see him as that guy. I think he's got too much pride, but wouldn't shock me or I wouldn't blame him if he did rather um someone else uh I think uh, our, our friend Mark Brower Brow Cow uh said will we lose to Rutgers I mean honestly if we play like we did against Maryland we would. <laughs> let's let's hope not maybe that wasn't Brow Cow I don't know somebody asked it but like um like I said the, the problem is nothing it, there's just we're not doing anything well and yep. it's like if we fix one thing it, it success happens it, just like in 
in life. Success in football happens exponentially. If we start running the ball well, our receivers will get open more. It'll be easier for Sean Clifford. If we start covering better, we're going to have longer third downs. We're going to get more sacks. Things like that. Like, if one thing falls into place, more stuff will will start going well. Yeah, I I agree with all of that. So let's end it there. Uh, Two last funny, kind of funny questions. Uh, Let's end on some positive notes. Uh, CJ Scalzetti says, should I send an apology letter to Kevin Warren for blasting him about canceling the season? (laughs) Listen, all of you people who screamed and clamored that we want a season, I don't care what happens, I want a damn season. You are seeing the worst case scenario. You have football, but it's really ugly. Uh, and then last one, our friends at Walk On Red Shirts, uh, who we haven't talked to in a while, thanks for writing in, guys, said sweet, mild, or spicy barbecue. Uh, I like spicy bar- barbecue. I, yeah, I, I don't like, think those are... The combination of the spice and the tang. I fully agree with that. For anyone that's at Penn State, if you are listening to this, wings over Happy Valley, get yourself some Red Alert, which is hot, get yourself some honey barbecue. They put them in the same container. They start to mix up. It is absolutely delicious. And it'll make you forget how bad our football team is right now. All right, that's all we got. Pat, any last words for the fans? Oh, I don't know. Keep the faith. 1-0 this week. <laughs> that's it. We will have a preview show. Uh, let us know. If you, if you guys watch the preview show, if you tune in live, if you watch it on the replay, let us know what you like. Uh, we did this past one on Saturday, game day. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, but if you like it midweek, let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, as always, if you can give us a quick review on iTunes, that is very helpful. Um, I won't even ask you to give us five stars. If you think we suck, you can give us three. You can give us two. I hope you don't, but be honest. Give some stars. Write some comments. We appreciate that. Uh, and, yeah, this is, this is college football. This is how it goes. There are going to be bad games. There are going to be bad years. Enjoy the good times while they're good. And as Pat said, keep the faith. We are.